We have, uh, so the ACME providers join us uh, three days a week. Uh, we break, break up into smaller groups twice a week, Monday and Wednesday. And then the, the group that you just saw, uh, they meet with us on Saturday, all six of them. Um, we split the, the programming. Uh, on Monday and Wednesday, our lifters do the deadlift and the bench press. And on Saturday, they do the squat and the press. And then sometimes we throw in some chin-ups. So one of the things we first discovered was our special needs lifters tend to respond best to tactile cues. Verbal cues can work sometimes, sometimes they don't. It's entirely dependent on the person and on the day, really. But tactile cues seem to work the best. Uh, the first one that, that we developed, actually Coach Schaller developed, uh, was using his foot to actually place the lifter's foot exactly where it needs to go. And we found that, that um, that's very successful. Uh, the, the lifters tend to respond to that well. So as a general rule, uh, we don't, you know, we, we, we try not to touch the bar for any lifter, but in this particular case, uh, hands on the bar makes a lot of difference because oftentimes the lifters will uh, collapse, will give out, you know, when you least expect it, and you have to have your hands on the bar, but we do not lift the weight for them. There's never any additional force provided. All of the force production is there. The occasional uh, hand is used to prevent any unsafe movement of the bar as well. For Marsha and Katie, they have a tendency to roll the bar up their back. Mm -hmm. So simply placing it, placing a hand in front of the bar prevents it from rolling up onto the neck. Now, Nick sometimes, uh, sometimes Nick has a hard time telling his muscles what they ought to do. So uh, in the case of the squat, we have to shove out his knees. He helps me, but I do a lot of the pushing there. Uh, he also, on the bench press, he has a real hard time controlling the bar path going up, so I tend to have my hands on there, but unfortunately for him, I'm usually pushing straight down to <laughs> the bar, so it doesn't make it easier. It actually makes it a bit tougher for him. Yeah, so most of the, most of the tactile cueing when you're working with special needs lifters goes through kind of a, a cost-benefit analysis, more so than regular lifters. So tactile cueing past maybe the second or, or the first or second weighted warm-up for lifters who don't have special needs the cost is almost always greater than the benefit because you're just you're adding too much feedback and you're just you're going to screw screw the movement up for them mm -hmm. but with these lifters especially these lifters sometimes the cost benefit analysis is a lot different and a lot of times we'll end up sacrificing stuff that is part of the model that might be important otherwise for things that are even more important so for Nick, it's a priority that the bar doesn't slide up his back and hit him in the head. Mm -hmm. Everything else is secondary to that because he can't squat if he has a concussion or if the bar is falling off his back. That's right. So, you know, it becomes much more of a what do we have to do versus what we would like when we're considering how to get these lifters strong. Elbows up and in. Come on, Michael. <laughs> Elbows up in. <laughs> Michael, squeeze your elbows together. There you go. Good, Good Michael. Hold your breath. Down slow, up fast. Down slow, up fast. Watch it. Walk in. Good job, Michael. There is really not a whole lot out there for barbell training for special needs lifters. It's just the case that most of the time people are very nervous or hesitant about putting uh, our lifters under the bar. So most of what we've done has been trial and error. 
Uh, there's, you know, very little research that we've done other than, than, you know, working through each individual. We found that it is much more individual based. There, you know, that the template works best most of the time, but in the case of special needs lifters, it's, it's always a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, individual basis. Yeah, the application tends to be much more specific and unique to the lifter, but mm -hmm. the underlying theory and the intent and the theme is the exact same as it would be for any other lifter. Yes. Um, a lot of the times when you're talking to people on the boards, you know, you hear somebody say something like, I wish I could squat 500 or, you know, I wish I could be, you know, somebody who's pressing three plates or something like that. And the response to that is always that lifting those kinds of weights isn't the special thing. You're not special if you can lift a lot of weight. What's special is finding somebody who's actually willing to put in the work, and this is very true for these lifters too. Yeah. So everything applies to them the same way, it's just the way you go about it. And, you know, they have variations, you know, just like normal lifters and kind of what they can do, their limitations. Um, they just seem to be a little bit more profound in some ways. But Ryan Roloski, who I think you spoke with earlier, um, not affiliated with Acme Providers, but also another special needs lifter is a, a prime example mm -hmm. that he's got, you know, two very committed parents and he's extremely committed. I think they drive, you know, 30 minutes to the gym one way every single day and the kid just does not miss lifts. Yes. Right. And he's pulling in the mid 300s. Right. And he's got a left arm that before he started lifting was essentially useless. So, you know, even though the small bits, um, even though they don't seem small in time where you're, you're holding the bar into somebody's back and the programming sometimes has different, you know, different applications. In the long run, those are actually you know small small bits of information. They're small changes, but the intent, the theory behind it, is all exactly the same. One thing we've really learned is uh, these lifters have grit, and if you if you push them, they respond. They adapt like any human, and uh, we don't view them as special needs lifters. We view them as lifters who happen to have special needs. Yes. And they're so, very supportive of each other too. Yes. I mm -hmm. think that's really important. Their motivation and getting them here each week. Is, um, is their support system within the group. Yeah, it's, it's really important to note that the only time we ever use the qualifier, qualifier special in front of needs or athlete is when we're talking to somebody outside of the gym. The word never even comes into the gym. So when they're in here, they're just athletes, and yes. to each other, they're just athletes, and to us, they're just athletes. The only time special comes into the equation is when you have to explain to somebody what else, somebody else, what you're doing. Yeah, that's right? exactly so right. So they're treated very much like the grown adult people who are, you know, you know, in their own minds, and they're very capable, you know, when they come in here and, and they kind of prove that, and they're treated that way. Yes. Yes. There is no difference. Coach Schaller and I yell at them as we yell at everybody else. Yes. Sometimes more. <laughs> Big credit has to go to Mark Abramovic for yes, a lot of this. Yes, yes. Uh, Mark is a good friend of mine. He's a professor of finance uh, with me at St. Vincent College. And Mark's sister, Joelle, uh, is one of the ACME residents. And it was Mark's initial suggestion that we kind of observe uh, and work with her and possibly introduce some strength training to the, to the residents. At the time, they were thinking about going to a global gym, uh, a globo gym, and it Turns out that the, the trainer that was going to uh, work with, with, with our folks uh, was going to put them on some silly machine-based protocol that had no real advancement. So we offered the alternative to the ACME folks, and uh, they, they were um, rightfully nervous at first, uh, but uh, we, we demonstrated to both the lifters and to the owners and the uh, caregivers that it's safe, uh, it's useful, it does exactly what... 
we, we predict it will do, and, uh, and they enjoy it. And uh, we started working with Joel. Um, we started working with Michael Anthony. Uh, we started working with Katie and Marsha uh, in September of 2016. And uh, then in February of 2017, Nick, Mike, and uh, Strong John joined us. And they've been with us ever since. Uh, we decided to move to our own facility here at Iron City Athletic Club uh, in July of 2017 because we needed a dedicated space. Previously, we were actually doing the training in the basement of one of the group uh, one of the group homes, mm -hmm. and we decided we needed a de dedicated place. So we were able to put this together, and uh, uh, it's been quite successful. I think. Mm -hmm. I think they've done a great job. Yeah. In the basement with equipment donated by Mr. Abramovich. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. Oh, self-confidence. Nick. Yeah, Nicholas, when we first really met grown. Nick, he was very, very introverted. And what we discovered about Nick is that he has a very wry and cutting <laughs> sense, <laughs> sense of humor. humor. <laughs> yes, he's a, he's a rather wicked, wicked gentleman at times. Uh, we've seen their confidence, all six of them. Uh, Joelle no longer lives with us, unfortunately, but she had made great progress as well. Uh, here's a quick story about Nick Kozer. Um, uh, about six or seven months into his training, uh, he was at a, um, uh, a park in, in Pennsylvania called Ohio Powell, and at the park he had tripped and fell over a root uh, that was sticking out, and he sprained his ankle. Now, uh, typically, that probably would have been a bigger injury. Now, I can't, I don't know what would have happened to him, but likely a fall at his age and general levels of, of former frailty, there were probably going to be some broken bones there, right? Uh, but it was just a sprain. Uh, he was in a lot of pain, and he was very sad because he couldn't lift because this is a man who enjoys what he does. So we invited him to come out and just do some bench presses with us uh, three days after the initial sprain. Uh, the swelling had gone down a little bit, and he was able to put some weight on it, but he was still in a little bit of pain. So uh, we talked with, uh, with Beverly, his mom, his and uh, we talked to the, the folks at Acme, and we, we had this radical idea that we were going to actually get him to deadlift right there. Uh, with this sprained ankle and uh, we were very safe. We had all of our spotters even more safe than typically uh, And he pulled a real lightweight and it was it was a little bit painful But he mm -hmm. did it and he noticed that by the time the workout was over He did a few sets at I believe it was 31 pounds or something mm -hmm. like that. It hurt a little bit less and uh, And he was fine. There was no great cataclysmic explosion of the ankle or anything like that uh, he finished up his lift, and he was really proud and happy that he was able to do it. Came back a few days later, we added a little bit more weight, still very light, focus on form, and wouldn't you know it, his sprained ankle healed, I think, much quicker than it would have otherwise, and he was back to squatting, pressing, deadlifting mm -hmm. in a matter of a few weeks. Yep, and then his, his mom, Beverly, has been quite, you know, supporter of what we've been yes. doing. Initially, since. she was very nervous. Yes. yes. Yeah, but, um, you know, seeing kind of the way that his life has progressed and kind of the quality of life as far as things that he can do and things that he can do better now, you know, things as simple as being able to get on a boat yes. by himself. Yes, that was the, they, they take a yearly trip to uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and initially they have to get on a boat. It was, it was a bit of an ordeal for Nick to get on the boat. He needed assistance, and now he just jumps right on the boat himself. Yep. And, and that's the type of thing that, 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 things that we all take for granted that some of our special, special needs lifters don't, that's mm -hmm. the things that, uh, that we're most proud of, I think. Yep. In a foot. Put my foot right there. 
Toes out. Stand up. No pause, John. That was beautiful. No pause. Come right up. Come right up. Up. There we go. Good. One more. Tight belly. Up. Walk it in. Acme Providers has done a really, really great thing. Um, not only bringing them here to us, but just in general. They're probably one of the best kind of care facilities of their kind that you can find That's right. pretty much anywhere in the country. Um, we often we often joke about when we're talking to the, the athletes and, and the aides that they have a better social life than we do, which is true because they're always doing everything. They horseback ride, they play baseball, they go to bowling, games, bowling, special dances. Olympics. We have um yo-yo conventions. <laughs> yo-yo <laughs> conventions. Two of our athletes, Michael Anthony and John, obviously they're all athletes, but Michael Anthony and John compete in the Special Olympics, but they they take it very very seriously. So Michael Anthony can tell you the exact number of medals he has. Um, but they, they give these people kind of an opportunity to get out and do stuff and that they might not otherwise have. And that a lot of times that they're limited from because of, you know, whatever disabilities or limitations that they may, may have. But again, like Nicholas said, they were a little bit hesitant getting into this. And obviously, you know, that kind of makes sense. Nobody else has really done anything like this, at least kind of the way we're doing it. But they've kind of, they've been a very, a very strong support, you know, base for us as we've gone on from this. And as we've, you know, we've proven that, you know, this can be beneficial, especially for these lifters, um, not in spite of their disabilities, but because of them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they've kind of, I don't want to say turn around because they've, I mean, they've, they've they, been supported from yeah, the beginning. Yeah, they've been supported from the beginning, but it's been, it's been interesting seeing the way how we can teach people, you know, not just lifters to lift, but the fact that we can, we can address that problem of the expectation, expect, low expectations for, for these kinds of lifters and these athletes. Yeah, and that's that's exactly right. And I think that you know what what I would encourage anyone who uh, works with somebody with special needs is to avoid that bigotry of low expectations. I mean, we we do not we do not coddle our lifters. We push them hard and we yell at them appropriately when they need to, to fix something. And if they don't go deep enough on the squat, we don't count that rep, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's how it, that that's how it should be always. And and they respond to that. They yeah. know that. They know that they uh, are not treated differently. Yeah, they are not treated. They are not yeah. people with special needs who happen to lift. They are lifters. They are athletes who happen to have special needs. Mm -hmm. And that's the one takeaway that I would encourage anyone that has somebody who has special needs um, special needs in their life, they should, you know, think about pushing them and getting them under the bar and getting them strong because they need it as much, if not more, than everybody else. Yes. And for anybody watching um, who might not be in the gym right now, this does, in fact, remove any excuse that you have to <laughs> be in the gym. Yes, yes. Um, when you see Nick Kozer squat, then you have to provide me with an excuse why. Yes. You can't. So I'm sorry that you're tired and that you worked all day, but <laughs> we have, uh, how old is Ryan? 22? 26? No, 22. 22. 22. We have a 22-year-old kid who's pulling 335 pounds. Who couldn't pull a 31-pound bar. Who couldn't pull a 31-pound bar, and he doesn't miss. And guess what? Yeah, he has a life too. So, <laughs> yeah. And when you're tired and you're beat up, you know. He never misses. There, right. there are people who are dealing with things that are orders of magnitude more difficult than you are, and they're doing it 
twice a week, sometimes three times a week. So there's really no excuse to not be under the bar right now, so go lift. Thank you for asking me for photos of your power source. I tissue you real quick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. Dog. yeah.